0: Hey everybody, welcome to another baseball america podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. Got another great show for you today. We are pleased to be joined by Colson Barbas, Blue Jays area scout who signed Alec Manoa. Obviously, Alec is playing a very big role for the Blue Jays this year, and we we're happy to get Colson on to join us to discuss signing Alec as a first-round pick out of West Virginia. Before we get started, uh, just a reminder, this Baseball America podcast is brought to you by Rap Soto. Rap Soto is offering all listeners $500 off their hitting 2.0 and pitching 2.0 units from now until August 1st. Head over to RapSoto.com. Backslash summer steel and use the code B A steel. That's B A S T E A L to save five hundred dollars off on all unit purchases. Once again, that's wrapsoto.com backslash summer steel. Use the code B A steel to save five hundred dollars off on all unit purchases. And with that, we are very happy to be joined by Colson Barbish from his home in Richmond, Virginia. Colson, you drafted Alec Manoa in the first round, twenty nineteen what was it like for you seeing someone that you drafted that high get to the majors this quickly and have the immediate success he did?
1: Um, I mean, it's, it's been a thrill. And I mean, that is more so, you know, for Alec than anything else, just to see him, uh, a guy that, you know, as an organization, we believe in so much. And, you know, personally, that's part of what drove, you know, drove our interest in him, in addition to the stuff, you know, but, um, but the person and seeing him get there has just been, um, it's, it's been awesome to see him and his, and, you know, and also his kind of entourage and his mom and family and friends and just everybody kind of enjoying it. So, and, you know um, yeah, so it's, its it's been great. I mean, as for, as for the, the uh, you know, how, how quick he got there, it's uh you know, that's, that's a testament to, to Alec himself. So um, that speaks a lot about uh, I think, who he is and his belief in himself
0: absolutely so I want to dive a little more into the process behind drafting Manoa but first I want to ask you how did you get into scouting take us through kind of your journey how you got to be an area scout for the Blue Jays
1: sure oh man gosh out of out of school yeah, I was a history manager man so um yeah I wasn't you know I went to a division three school wasn't good enough to ever get paid any money to play baseball so um yeah but it it was always a passion you know so it was how how can i um you know how can i work in baseball and um so that started as uh a minor you know minor league intern um uh, you know working working selling tickets uh getting in a uh you know in new britain connecticut way back in gosh oh oh three, i think it was getting in a uh mascot uniform dragging the field you know it, a lot of people have had those experiences, pulling the tarp, all that. So did that for for a uh, for a year, and then I and then I went down to uh, Columbus, Georgia, and helped. I ran the ticket office down there for a couple of years, in addition to doing all the same other things that <laughs> that you do as a minor league uh, employee. And um, so I did that for a couple of years, and then you know what? It was my uh, I ended up in Hawaii, uh, helping. Well. I didn't go out there specifically to help, uh, operate the Hawaii winter baseball league. Um, but my sister is in the military. She was going overseas in Oh five and was based at a Honolulu. And, uh, I went over to help my brother-in-law with my two nephews. Um, you know, while she was going to be gone. The plan was to stay a year. And immediately when I got over there, it was, uh, how can I, how, how can I make this work with baseball? So, uh, the league was coming back. The Hawaiian Winter League was coming back in 06. So, you know, I immediately contacted some people and uh, and it just, it was awesome. I ended up staying out there three years. You know, my family all went back when my sister got back, but I was out there about, you know, uh, for, for three years and I helped uh, operate the Hawaiian Winter League, which is, you know, gosh, it's, you know, dozens upon dozens of big leaguers now. Uh, from that league so but the reason I bring that up is uh, just I met made a lot of good contacts out there and met a lot of good you know people that um, you know I think uh, hopefully saw that I had kind of a passion and interest and work ethic you know and desire to work in the game and why I was just doing operations I think everything I did leading up to scouting was it, you know it was to be around the game keep you know get my foot in the door and then kind of just you know you kind of uh master the job that you try to master the job that you're in you know but then also uh, trying to you know find my find my place in the game and it was uh you know if you would have asked me 15 years ago if I was going to be scouting I'd be like <laughs> you know it, it, I didn't even probably see a pathway to that so but I made I made some good contacts out there and then uh came back in oh nine to work for the base well at the time it was baseball info solutions. Uh I think it's now sports info solutions, but um so I worked with a great group group of guys there doing a lot of video scouting, I guess it was, you know, defensive metrics and kind of got got a taste of uh some of that analytical side. And then um and then got on with the Blue Jays in twenty ten. So and it was um uh, Robert Baumander, who was with us for a really long time, is uh, uh, heading up our video. Uh, I started as a you know a, a video guy in Lansing. Uh, yeah, great staff. Uh, Sal Fasano was our manager, and just I've had a lot of good influences and um, people that I guess took an interest in me and um, you know and kind of uh, you know were in my have been in my corner and and from that job I. Um, I got hired into the amateur department in that for the 2011 draft. I, I was a, uh, a, our Midwest amateur video scout. So pretty much seeing all, you know, communicating with the area scouts and, and, uh, and seeing, you know, basically anybody that the, you know, the department wanted me to, in addition to kind of gut feel guys for the area guys. And so that was a good, um, good, good experience and good taste of what it was like. I think, to be an area scout in terms of the schedule, traveling, um, you know, it, and just be, being around that side of things. And then, um, yeah, and then t- 2012, you know, from that, from that season in 2011, uh, that draft year, um, that fall, uh, Andrew Tinnish hired me as an area scout. So 2012 was my first draft.
0: Quite a circuitous route and really an incredible testament to your perseverance. At any point did you wonder, is this really the path for me, especially wearing a mascot uniform in, in small minor league towns? To be honest, no. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. I mean, I was all in, dude. I mean, there were there were other guys. Hey, like, there's a lot of good baseball uh, guys I worked with early on that uh, could be, you know, could be doing jobs in could have jobs in baseball and a lot of I the reason I say this is there was some there's some luck involved to some of this too I think you know but I think if you know if you work hard and 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 do the right things you know every day and um that's just kind of my general belief is you know um and and have some uh you know motivation to to succeed I think you know good things will happen so no man I I was all <laughs> it was just it was just what it, I think everybody starts, or not everybody, but you start out. Oh, I want to, you know, you set your bar at. Uh, I don't know. I want to be a GM or something, and then you know, along that, along, along that path, you kind of find your find your way. Not saying that there's not higher aspirations within this game, but you know, like I I love doing what I do, and you know, being an area scout. So no, man, I'm no. This is yeah. This is all good.
0: It's awesome. Like you said, good things happen. You put in the work, you traveled all over the U S and it finally worked out for you. And now you're part of a scouting department that's had a, a lot of successes, especially recently. I do have to ask, what is your best minor league story? Cause everyone who's worked in the minors has some stories, long nights, crazy days. What what's your best minor league story?
1: I don't know. We might have to circle back to that one.
0: Okay. Uh, Cause
1: <laughs> there's a lot of good ones. I think, I think most of all, you know like I'm trying to think of maybe a specific story. I'm sure the lights went out a few times, you know, like picking up the little pieces of fireworks throughout the throughout the outfield, you know on every whatever weekend fireworks game, and you get, you're there for two hours past you know past the fans leaving but um man, I don't know if I could specifically say one um uh man but I will say, you know, I will say, I remember just all the people I've worked with and the people I've been around and there's a lot of characters and I mean that in a good way, but um, you know, it's just a lot of good memories. Uh, yeah. The, probably, probably just the people. I mean, I know that probably probably doesn't give you a sexy answer but, uh, or a fun answer, but that's, yeah, I, I always just, I think back and I'm, I have a lot of friends from, you know, my time working in the minors and, and people I still keep in touch with. So,
0: Absolutely. And the Hawaii winter league, you mentioned a lot of guys who became big leaguers played there. How much did that experience there help you kind of hone your eye for talent in particular?
1: Oh man. Uh, big time because uh, look, you know, and you know what, I'll think back to some stories. Those are probably some good ones from the Hawaiian winter league. Actually. Um, I could probably pull one out here as I'm thinking, but, um, just I was able to you know we had such a small group of it was a small operation in terms of just uh, th- in terms of you know working with Major League Baseball um, to operate that league and um, so being around the field I mean we operated like I helped run Hans LaRange Park in West Oahu you know which is like a old plantation field so it was like uh, basically setting up, you know, we had trailers for, that's probably going to be a good story, but we had like modular trailers for clubhouses, you know, and you have Matt weeders and these like, you know, dudes that, are, you know, massive guys, like professional athletes and world-class, you know, athletes coming in there and, you know, they can barely move. Um, but that's not answering your question, but I'd say just being, around, it, it was such a small operation that um, I had kind of, like, and my boss is out there. Like, I had my hands in all sorts of stuff and was able to sit there and, you know, during the games at least, like, pretty much watch, watch the games uh, night in and night out. And I'd say, big time, man. I mean, and even like, you know, as a scout, you kind of have that, that, uh, like, Rolodex in your head of all the guys you've seen and um, that. I always go back to a lot of the players I've seen out there and, and think back and uh, what I saw in them at that time, you know, and uh, you know, even as, you know, obviously as I, as I go through day to day now. So um, I'd say it played a huge role. Yeah.
0: Looking back at some of the rosters mentioned Matt Wieters was there. Buster Posey was there. Todd Frazier was there. Yonder Alonso, Lucas Duda. I mean, some, some real big talented guys came through that league.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I could keep going and I'd still miss a bunch. I mean, Chris Medlin was out there. Um, Gosh, uh, Dexter Fowler, uh, Chris Carter, the big power hitter, you know, for a little bit. Um, uh, Jabba, Jabba Chamberlain was out there, you know, at the same time that Andrew Brackman was a, was a, was a big time prospect and um, God, man. And it was cool. You know, I don't know if it, if you knew like that league, we, we, um, there were also kind of there were kind of NPB like Nippon professional baseball, like had sent their kind of like, I guess you'd call them their higher level prospects in there in each organization, uh, sent their guys too. So that, that was, uh, that was a riot to seeing those guys interact and play together. And, um, and then we had a few even local guys, um, gosh, man, like guys that even had some, some big league time, um, uh that played out there so um but yeah it was uh, a lot of a lot of great talent man
0: yeah absolutely good to see the mix different styles different ages all that i'm sure
1: yeah no doubt yeah daniel murphy was out there when he was playing third base and you know and wasn't a big wasn't a big time guy yet you know but a good one kenley jansen was catching out there wow yeah man i mean you talk about a massive human being behind the plate you know so yeah he was he was catching not hitting so it's probably a good <laughs> probably why he went that
0: route that's awesome that you got to see those guys coming up and i'm sure it honed your scouting eye and in uh, in a lot of ways helped lay the groundwork for you to to sign a first rounder all right we're going to dive into alec manoa here uh but first we're going to take a quick break and we're back with colson barbish area scout for the toronto blue jays colson when did you first see Alec Manoa, and when did he kind of jump on your radar as a guy of Hey, we should watch this guy as as potentially someone that we can pick?"
1: Um, so to the spring of 2018, That was the first time. Now he he was a sophomore by that time, and I I may have seen him throw like an inning as a as a uh, as a freshman the year before, um, but you know he came in as a name. So uh, in terms of like hey, this guy has a good arm uh, from South Florida and just keep an eye on him. But, you know, the the memory that sticks out to me was the spring of uh, 2018 where he was pitching in relief. And I believe it was against Oklahoma State where he came in and I told him this when I first met him uh, when we sat down to meet that that next fall was, you know, he was bad. I mean, he – he survived the save, you know, it was one of those like heart attack saves where I, he threw, I think maybe 30, 31 pitches stands out and there were mo- a lot more balls and strikes. And the only slider he threw hit a right-handed hitter in the back. And, you know, you, you said, okay, he's a big body guy with arm strength. You know, that's kind of where you kind of how I left that day and I, right, you know, we'll, we'll see him next year. And, um, and then, and uh it's amazing uh, what he did that you know the the, the work and the kind of how he transformed himself from the end of that spring moving into the summer and and you know never looking back at this point you know so um but it was that it was that game where it was uh um uh, you know uh, not a very good outing for him that that spring and then i didn't see him in the cape you know i was following uh, as always as, as as we do, you know, you follow your guys in your area. And uh, I saw that he was performing well and we had guys that saw him up there and, and, and said he had really, you know, really improved. And um, so, so, you know, again, he was, he was on the radar as, okay, this guy is, I think a lot more than a big guy with arm strength, you know, coming out of the summer. Uh, And, uh, you know, he's, he's more of a pitcher than we think. And, you know, not having seen it still, you kind of want to see it with your own eyes. So he wasn't going to be pitching, um, that, that fall at WVU, but, um, you know, some, again, all these things at moments that stand out, I guess, where we were there for a scout day. I think they were supposed to be playing Marshall and it, it we ended up getting rained out we kind of waited around hoping it was going to happen. A lot of, obviously a lot of guys were there, but, um, you know, and then you kind of look down to the bullpen uh, down in right field. And uh, and I, it was drizzling at this point. But uh, Alec was out there and he was throwing a bullpen. And I said, all right, I'm going to walk down there. Um, you know, we got nothing going on. We're just waiting around in the press box or whatever. And uh, and I, you know, I just came away like, damn, man, he's a lot more under, like delivery was a lot. was simplified a lot more under control and I realize it's just a bullpen but uh you know and he was dotting both sides of the plate with his fastball and uh through some good sliders and uh, that was just watching from up above but and again it was just a bullpen but came away going man this guy looks way different than what I saw you know in the spring so that kind of was just a springboard into the winter um for okay this guy this guy like we needed the Kind of boost the, the uh, you know, and the guys that had already seen him in the Cape said, "All right, this you know, like this is a guy to see out of the gate." And then I guess for me personally, that bullpen kind of uh, cemented that as well. So then, you know, week one, kind of saw State in the spring. Um, <laughs> it, it, he didn't stop what he was doing from the summer. You know, he uh, it was it was really impressive, man. I mean, it was like plus command both sides of the plate and put him away with the slider and the fastball but um yeah it was really good
0: yeah he led the cape cod league in strikeouts that summer and as you mentioned right out of the gate was really really good that junior year how many of his starts did you see that season how often were you in there
1: oh, um uh, i tell that in two seconds i want to say four or five um i saw i remember three specifically and then i went back yeah i saw um I saw five because then I saw him again in the, in the regional. So yeah, five.
0: At what point during those five, did you say this, this is a first rounder? <laughs> the first one, Kennesaw <laughs> State.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I put a first round number on him and yeah. <laughs> Called him the big player, but, yeah.
0: What is the process for a guy who is that high potential first rounder? How many different guys come in to see him once you put in that first report, take us through the process of getting from that first report to actually him being the selection on draft day.
1: Yeah, I'd say um, that very next week, I think we had, I don't know if I want to say it was Georgia Southern maybe uh, where they went, but uh, we had, you know, my cross checker was there. I think we even had a national guy, a national cross checker there. So, um, you know, you kind of, you make, you you know, you call your guys immediately after that performance opening week and uh, you kind of raise the flag. Yeah, it was already somewhat raised, but um you you know you really raise it and uh and so from that point forward you know I I can't say we had somebody at every start but you know we had a lot of looks and uh throughout you know all uh, you know in addition to um in addition to you know myself and you know Michael Youngberg my cross checker and then our our national guys all seeing them and Steve Sanders at the time, you know, our scouting director at the time and Tony LaCava. Um, I think we, uh, if I remember, I think, you know, some of our special assistants, like um, I think it was either, yeah, Q was, Paul Quantrill was, you know, even saw him for us. I don't know, Pat Henkin might even seen him. So we had, we, yeah, we had looks, uh, you know, from, from all, from all uh, parts of the department and organization.
0: Would you say there was a consensus that, yeah, this is the guy?
1: uh, as we got, yeah, as, as, I wasn't in the draft room, but yeah, as you know, as the season kind of wore on and then, um, you know, there was a, um, a, yeah, I mean, I know Steve and Tony were both, uh, at the start versus Lodolo, you know, with T- against TCU and Morgantown, uh, as were a lot of scouts, but, um, but yeah, man, I'd say, you know, as, as we were nearing the end, um, Uh, it, you know, it was becoming clear that, you know, there was some really strong interest for him to be picked, you know, with our our first rounder.
0: You mentioned he'd kind of cleaned some things up. He's a very, very big guy. We see sometimes big guys that take some time to kind of grow into their bodies and figure out how everything works. What specifically were the improvements you saw from that sophomore junior year? Uh,
1: Just him going to that, no wind up, you know, he tells you like, basically simplify because he is such a big guy, you know, and you got uh you know long levers and you know more kind of longer moving parts, but was he simplified it to to a no wind up almost like uh you know you see a lot a lot more of that these days, like a just a small side step and go um but yeah, I think that just really helped him um in addition to you know i think just kind of like you you, when you talk to Alec there was a moment where you know there was a period where when he got removed from the rotation that spring before the cape it was like all right it was I don't think he'd call it rock bottom but it was almost like he was kind of feeling sorry for himself and a credit goes to his support system and in particular his mom Susanna like you know he'll tell you he called her and she always tells it like it is like (laughs) and uh you know, like stop feeling sorry for yourself and go out there, and you know, and uh, and make improvements and and uh, you know, and and kind of get better. Um, so, I I think it was probably somewhat something I can't put my finger on too. In addition to the to the delivery, but something that you know, like a kind of a mental click for him also.
0: Yeah, I mean that leads into a big part of this is not just scouting what these guys can do physically, you get to know these guys mentally, their support system as you mentioned, what were your interactions with Alec and his family and just kind of getting to know him during this process?
1: Yeah, in particular um I so it, it was all it was all uh Alec. Um I mean at my point I had never um until uh I think I met his fa- so in particular I mean his family I I think I met them in the hotel like few days before the draft, like, during that regional weekend when they were in town, I uh, briefly, you know, it was just a like, hi, how, how are you? Uh, but so, but back to Alec, I mean, uh, it was uh, like that fall, first time I met him face-to-face was that fall, you know, when we go in for your scout meetings, fall of, what, 2018, before his, uh, you know, before his draft spring. And uh, I think that's where you know that that's where it just kept kind of building uh or like a higher level of interest was i mean yeah this guy has an infectious personality and that i mean that in a good way and it's uh like i was so obviously every i think every team was there over a two or three day period in morgantown to to meet with you know not just him but other draft eligible uh west virginia uh guys and uh I had on my day that I was there, you know, he probably met with, you know, 10 to 12 other teams and it wasn't a, it wasn't scheduled out for us. So it was an unstructured day. So it was just like, Hey, grab the guy and you bring him in and and meet with him. So I had him last. I think it was like between nine and 10 PM. And I, you know, and I sat down with him last. I asked him to take, you know, we have a a couple different, uh, you know, tablet, uh, little exercises we do uh, that take some, you know, take some time. And then also just in addition, most importantly, just me sitting down and getting to know him and meet with him. And that's, man, he, uh, he, at the end of that, uh, you know, and he's the one who's kind of on the, on the stage, you know, for all day. And he had, uh, I mean a hundred percent focus interest uh in the conversation and he was so engaged and I mean it was just like it was impressive I mean to t- to tell you that and and just the the things that we talked about were were uh had good substance and it just left you really believing in him as a person and uh so yeah that that was it you know that was the main one and then Um, you know just other information that I had gathered too is like these there were guys a couple years before that uh, you know I like to ask other players you know like who's who were some uh, who were some of your best teammates you know team leaders and there were guys when he was a freshman uh, which is someone which is you don't hear a lot of this but there were guys telling me in draft meetings that I had two years before that you know oh this freshman that we have man he's you know, he's a leader, you know, some other terms that they would use. And I'm like, wow, really? Okay. <laughs> so that, that stuck out to me. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, like, and then, and then there were just other, I mean, it was, it was that meeting. And then uh, I think we talked once more in that winter and then we met with them a little more in depth um, with kind of, it was some of our high perform like Steve Sanders, Tony O'Kava. Uh, high performance came like our high performance department, uh, came in and and we uh kind of sat down with them and did a deeper you know meeting as the draft got closer.
0: So everything's starting to line up here the mental components, there, the physical component is there, the performance is there. You mentioned you weren't in the draft room, but draft day comes around. How much influence did you have? Were you calling guys, banging the table? How did it all kind of play out where Alec Manoa became a member of the Blue Jays organization?
1: Uh, you know. I, I said my piece and (laughs) like, you know, I think from, you know, just the conversations, I think it's just kind of like a, uh, it it builds throughout the spring. So just from, you know, like the fall and winter meetings that we have and talking about the player about Alec and then um, into that first look in the spring, you know, and not only what kind of like the notes I put from that fall meeting with Alec uh, at West Virginia to uh, that first start at Kennesaw. Like, so, you know, guys are reading all that stuff, either in the front office and, or, you know, our bosses in the amateur department and, and just, I'm also ha you know, we have conversations in person and on the phone. and uh, So I think a lot of that, I'm like, I guess I'm, I'm p- pounding the, I guess, proverbial table, like a- as we go along. So, you know, in my draft meeting, um, you know, before in May, you know, that year. And then, um, and then leading up, you know, I did a lot of back, we did a lot of, did a lot of makeup, you know, background work on them. And, uh, and, you know, I, that all, you know, it was really impressive and kind of further kind of cements your uh, conviction. And, and then just you go into the, uh, I think those guys went into the draft room and, uh you know it's not just me but all the other guys that really liked him, and you know also our our analytical department and those guys that uh there was you know it, it was it was a great uh it, it was just a great process all around in terms of uh you know how we got to 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 selecting alec so that's what I think that's what even makes it uh even more i think rewarding at this point
0: make the selection, and immediately he goes out to short season Vancouver and is really, really good. It's only 17 innings, six starts, short outings each time, but really, really good, uh, 27 strikeouts to five walks. As an area guy, what's it like for you seeing the guy you just drafted and put everything on the table for go out and have some immediate success?
1: No, just proud. <laughs> yeah, man. He's – yeah, just – and really happy for him. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you try not to <laughs> – you know, you get excited and you, you can't help but follow, you know, the guys after you sign them, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, so not that you <laughs> you can't live and die by all this, you know, minor league performance stuff. But, you know, it's exciting, man, when guys perform out of the gate. And, uh, yeah, so just, yeah, just proud and proud of him.
0: Are there nerves for as an area scout, a guy you sign if he goes out and gets bombed first few outings or something doesn't work out?
1: I mean I guess naturally you but uh, yeah I, but if you had but if you you know but if you believe in the player and you believe in the kid and um then yeah you don't get wrapped up in the you know right out of the gate the like you know that's why they call it player development you know and these guys you know they're not I don't I don't care even 23 year old guy that might look physically mature you know, and you sign him late in the draft, like he's not, he's not, you know, he's not done developing, you know, in, in one way or another, you know. So um, the reason I say that is, yeah, it's, you know, guys come at different times and development timetables are are, are all, you know, vary. And uh, so, no, I mean, I, you know, if, if you, I think if you believe in yourself and you're, you know, convicted enough as a scout, like that, that you know, yeah, you're not, you're not doubting yourself.
0: And there was certainly no reason to doubt anything with Alec. As we mentioned, he went out, was really, really good in the Northwest League that year. 2020, obviously, no minor league season. Everything got shut down. This spring training, he really, really started to make waves. I remember making some calls in spring training. We do a piece over here where we highlight the top spring training performers. And his name came up again and again and again. Some of the outings he had against the Yankees in particular in spring training really put him on the map. What were you hearing and how much did you continue having a relationship with him after the draft through the pandemic and into this year
1: um, so to touch on the first part of that what were what was i hearing uh, about spring the spring training performances was just our guys like our uh, down in player development and even the guys that um, through our amateur staff you know that had that were talking to um, that were talking to some of the, our player development people were were set, you know we we're getting you know rave reviews and there's even a few you know pro Scouts that that uh, were down at spring training that that uh, kind of would text and say oh my god man you know it's like it's really impressive what's coming out so um, so that's kind of in terms of like what I, what you'd see and then it was like video clips and I don't even know how much like I guess there was some minor league stuff on TV minor league like MLB network, in terms of spring training games, but I don't know if any of his starts were on there, I don't think. But um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, we have some video in our, in our internal system of, you know, of of him pitching too. So I was able to watch, you know, some that way. But um, other than that, man, no, just like I'd check in, uh, just just occasionally check in with him um, uh, throughout the, you know, throughout the COVID shutdown and all that and uh talked to him. He you know, he had opened a he had opened a gym for you know for himself down there, uh he and his brother, uh down in you know, in their hometown uh during that. So he had a spot to work out. So he uh he put you know some of that uh, bonus to, to good use and um and the right way. So um but no just just kinda more so, hey how you doing you know and, not always just baseball stuff, just making sure he's doing well, family as well. And uh, yeah, man. And then, and then just kind of like attaboys, you know, as you, as you go and congrats and stuff like that. So, but
0: again, spring training really, really open to my eyes, goes out to triple a dominates, gets the call for his first major league start May 27th against the Yankees went out through six scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, just a remarkable performance for a major league debut. I assume you were watching it.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, Gil Kim <laughs> encouraged me to, you know, I was, I think I was on, I was at home a couple of days before and he encouraged me. I didn't have any, so that was uh, during uh, conference tournament coverage, uh, you know, for, for division one. And uh, I, I didn't have to cover a conference tournament. So I was somewhat flexible with my schedule. Uh, so he, he, you know, I was like, oh, New York City—it's pretty. You know, Yankee Stadium—that's pretty cool. And uh it's not that long. What's it? You know, five, five and a half to six-hour drive from Richmond. So he encouraged me, and I hopped in the car and and went up there. And uh so, yeah, man, I was actually—I was at the stadium. It was cool.
0: Well, that's awesome. What were you thinking? Was your heart pounding? He goes up there, first major league. Hittery faces DJ Limayhu, and then he has Rudin O'Dor, Aaron Judge. I mean, what what was that like for you watching that first? And yeah, he
1: walked DJ too.
0: <laughs> yeah, walk. Yeah, leadoff walk. I mean, what what were you thinking? Was your heart pounding? What was going on? No, I
1: mean, no. Actually, his probably wasn't either. I don't know. Um, but no, I I mean, I guess yeah, somewhat. I don't know if it's pounding, but yeah, there was definitely. Uh, it's I mean, it's exciting. I I kind of in those moments, I just. I sat by myself I didn't have anybody with me that drove up with me anyway, but I just kind of sat by myself and uh, I enjoyed just kind of you know watching him work and watching the game. but I mean, what was I think? I mean, after he walks the first guy, you're like, "Oh boy, but then at the same time like and I mean this at the same time again, and I don't want to keep going back but I mean you believe I believe in Alec and his belief in himself that you're like, all right, he's gonna be he's gonna be alright. And I sincerely mean that and he and he was. You know. He showed yeah. good poise and 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 really uh he wasn't scared of those guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. lead off walk, comes right back, strikes out Odor, strikes out Aaron Judge. Uh I have to ask, seeing him strike out Aaron Judge, I would imagine that was that was a pretty cool sight. Yeah,
1: it was cool, man. Yeah, definitely. Hey hey man, that that changeup that he threw to to uh O'Dor too, you know, because that was a question that people had coming into the draft was I don't know does he have a third pitch and you know he didn't really need it at West Virginia, so to see him come out there and the development of the change has been really his change up has been really encouraging and um you know he'd always he'd always flash you some good ones at at West Virginia, but he just didn't need it a lot so but uh yeah he threw he he got a door kind of looking silly too.
0: Yeah, again, just seeing you go through and go back and look through the game. He, he actually got LeMahieu, then struck him out the second time through. I mean, just really, really bounced back. You mentioned that leadoff walk. He only walked one more batter the rest of the game, uh, got through six scoreless, seven punch outs, uh, and, and he's continued to have success here throughout his rookie season and, and has really become one of the, the bigger, more important pitchers for the Blue Jays. Uh, as we sit here recording this, it's a 2-9-0 ERA and eight starts, he's averaging well over a strikeout per inning. I mean, he's really settled into the rotation. We mentioned earlier, you believed in him. He was obviously a a college guy, first rounder, who you always hope those guys can move relatively quickly. But for him to be in a major league rotation, having the success he's had really two years after being drafted and and not even having one year of that to actually pitch in the minor leagues, has it come together even faster than you expected?
1: Uh, I'd be lying if I said, if I, you know, if I said no. (laughs) So, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, all the credit goes to him, man, the commitment to, to, um, put himself in good shape and, um, you know, and, and his, his, uh, his routines have been, you know, real, really good. And, uh, and he just like, he's really, uh, Yeah, I think the alt site was big for him, and I think he'd tell you the same. Uh, Last year, a lot of guys seem to have said that, you know, um, about that alt site. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's been really impressive what he's been able to do so far.
0: You'd had one big leaguer before, drafted, signed Ryan McBroom, 15th rounder, also out of West Virginia. He reached the major leagues with the Royals. Minoa was your second big leaguer. Was it still the same level of, of excitement as the first?
1: um yeah yeah absolutely man yeah definitely i mean i i think alex like uh i mean to make a a starting pitcher is probably a little bit different you know like starting pitcher yankee stadium that was pretty you know that that was kind of uh highly anticipated but um at the same time yeah i mean uh ryan's mcbroom's a a great a great dude and uh, uh i was really excited for him when He got, you know, he went, he got traded from the Yankees to the Royals in that, uh, you know, we had traded him to the Yankees a few years before, but then when he got traded to the Royals for that September, you know, and and got the September call, um, that was really exciting too, so.
0: Absolutely. Well, Colson, thank you so, so much for joining us and uh, congratulations on having another big leaguer.
1: (laughs) Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man.
0: Once again, everybody, that was Colson Barbish, the Blue Jays area scout for currently Virginia and Eastern North Carolina, but previously West Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. And even before that, Ohio, Michigan, and West Virginia. Just an awesome story about everything he went through to live out his dream and become a scout, to being the signing scout for really someone who's a, a big, big part of the Blue Jays' future and really a big part of their present as well. We're very, very happy Colson was able to join us today. And We thank you as well for listening. This has been another BA Scout Series podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. For Colson Barbish, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everybody.